pays pals, pay pals, pay interviews, awesome people who happen to be his pals, pay pals. Hey, you are listening to Pay Pals, and today I am interviewing my friend Hunju. Hunju is who I affectionately refer to as my Korean big sister. She's one of the members of my informal personal board of advisors for my life, much in the way that startups have advisors. So whenever I have a burning question about my life, whenever I feel like I need feedback or direction, I go to her. She's been through a lot, and I really trust her opinion on things, even when it is hilariously judgmental, as I think she has no trouble admitting. I wish we could all have someone like Hunju in our corner. She's lived in many countries, and is currently working as the investment manager for Taiwan's richest family. She routinely makes billion-dollar deals and is one of the few people I know that has way more international experience than me. But honestly, those are not the most interesting parts about her. I met her dancing bachata, and what was her reason for starting, you might ask? To preemptively battle dementia. She's thought in-depth about what an ideal imaginary country would be like, and has gone so far as to name it the Hanju Republic. She's scarily accurate when it comes to reading people, their emotions, their thoughts, and even their life circumstances. She's making a huge impact by investing in renewable and sustainable technologies. She has a goal of becoming a fitness model. Jesus Christ, I want to be like Hanju. This interview is all over the place. We talk about our lowest points in life and how we learn from them, how to effectively battle dementia, obviously, and simple questions you can ask of anyone to evaluate them. Thanks, Anju. If I didn't choose this job, and somehow if I was ever entering into the entertainment industry after the martial arts actress, martial. I would have done the yeah What, show like, hosting. I could see that like a, because you're funny, you're judgmental in a funny way. Yeah. So then you would just watch someone and be like, "Oh, look at what these people are doing! So dumb." I always like looked it up the martial art actresses, but like Michelle Yao or something. Yeah, she was my role model when was I was young. Model? Yes, after I saw her in Yes, Madam, I thought that oh, I wish I can be like her. Then I realized that I don't have those physics, you know. What do you lack? I think my muscles. It's not for sprinter muscles. Like there are two types of muscle. One is like a power muscle. The other one is like a endurance muscle. Fast and slow twitch. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. The endurance muscle is more about the mental thing, right? Mm. So I have that one, but I didn't have the first one. Mm. Yeah. So when I was young, I realized that I better use my brain to. Increase my competitive <laughs> ranking when everybody is young and beautiful, right? Like yeah. some people are gorgeous. I don't have that, so I better just use my brain with efforts. Late bloomer. But I knew that once I be over certain age, when people are no longer young and beautiful, then I can compete with physics. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because from after certain age of people. The natural born beauty is gone. Your face is yeah. just sh becoming your resume. How you lead your life so far. Do yeah, you agree? Yeah. One thing you said to me when you were looking at people was like, "Oh, that person has has money and they have time, so that's why they look better." So it's it's what it's what you're saying is that it's not exa exactly about how they uh -huh. what they look like or how they're born. It's like. Oh, that person has money and they have time, so they can take care of themselves now. Well, the I think the physics body, yes, but the face, I think, also reflection of intellectual level too. Because when you look at someone's eyes, you can kind of tell their IQ level. I mean, for me, I can tell. How do you tell? Oh, the eyes has a. Everybody has a different levels of energy. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's like focused or not. 
how they look at it. I mean, when, you know, like sparkly eyes, there are. It's the same people when they are bored and when they are excited, their eyes are different. If pick up some people in the mental institute before taking the drug, oh, okay. after taking the drug, when they are cured, their eyes are completely different. And it makes you feel like you're dealing with completely different individuals. The, the only way I can relate to that is thinking about if someone has dead eyes or not. Yeah, but the exact same individual can have dead eyes or sparkly eyes depending on how they engage too. Mm, okay, that's but true. usually, I mean, those like uh, highly interesting, curious person will have more sparkly eyes 75 or 80 percent of their time something that i <laughs> wanted to talk to you about is this mm. thing about evaluating people on their eyes uh-huh. what are the ways that you feel that you can evaluate people don't you feel that sometimes like you can read the energy level from them from their just presence itself like some people will call it like first impression yes but like for example when i walk in to interview someone or to meet someone before they are telling me anything, like one, two, three, four, five seconds, you kind of already processed what kind of person you're dealing with and you already know like, I will likely like this person or dislike the person. That sounds like visual cues. Yes, but I'm not talking about uh, biological attraction. Oh, okay. Because I know that men can judge the woman that way when they first meet the opposite sex. Sure. But even when I see another woman, nothing is, I'm not like a lesbian, so like totally. Yeah, if only. Yeah, the sexiness aside. You can still assess the person in like five seconds. And then, yes, there is a margin of error. Okay, but what do you, how do you assess? It's hard to tell. It's just like the the energy level fuming from their body. Ah, it sounds like pseudoscience. Just sounds very sexual. No, 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 no. It's nothing sexual. I I think it's like a Chinese, like a qi or like qi. a neck okay. gong, right? Yeah, okay. You could be wrong, but once you start conversation, like like one hour. Okay. okay, too abstract. When you first met me, what was what did you sense? Oh. I hope this is positive. Yeah. I mean, this person say hello first. So that means this person screened the people who is around him. Because he's not going to go randomly everybody and say hello, right? Mm. And the second is he put efforts to speak and some like timing to speak. Yes. So I'm, I was ready to be nice. Okay. Yeah. And then it's also pleasant things that somebody noticed me. Uh, let's be honest. I'm not like a drop dead gorgeous. And then if somebody wants to talk to me, that's very flattering things too, right? Okay. Yeah. Sure. So obviously, you must also sense some energy from me, right? Openness Mm. for me. Openness. And that this person would likely reciprocate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, Mm. uh, well, she's here and she probably has something to say. (laughs) Something's interesting about her. Let's find it. Yeah. That's typically how I approach people and the mindset I have. Yeah. And uh, once you approach like that, how often or what percentage of cases you are disappointed? They're like, oh, I was wrong. (laughs) 
higher than you'd think. Oh, higher than you higher think. Higher than you think. Oh, then you need to work on your antenna more. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have, a, we have a funnel strategy. That's the top of the funnel. Okay. You can only start with a large funnel. Then you weed it down. Then you, you know, the funnel gets smaller and smaller uh, as it gets closer to you. Yeah. Or you can observe longer period before being engaged. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. Another way. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. I thought we we're talking about you. Yeah. So somehow, I guess it's my gift that I can read some the eyesight and the body languages and how directly they are speaking to honesty. How do you evaluate that? Oh, if you if they avoid the topic, they are obviously either one losing focus or doesn't want to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them are not a nice treat. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So you can pick up a lot of signals, choices of vocabulary, or even even like, a, oh, what kind of movie you like? From the way they are reasoning, what kind of movie they like, you can you can sense a lot of things. I have a funny story about that. One of my friends, yeah. she's she just started dating someone, and then she came to me, and then we were talking about it, and uh, then she told me that this guy his his favorite movie is Fast and the Furious, and uh, I was like, no, 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 this guy's. This is a red flag. Yeah. Right? But articulate why you think that. Un- unless he's in car industry. No. And then he needs to make somehow a living out of it. No, he's it's not. The, it's pure entertainment. There is no message. No substance. There is no messages the movie wants to deliver. Yeah. Or the intense feeling the director wants to describe. So what do you what do you what do you what assumptions do you make about this person that Fast and Furious 4 is their favorite movie. Uh, too simple. Go on. Mm, just today is enough. Right now is enough. What else? Go on. And then no philosophy, nothing deep. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That was kind of what I told her. Yeah. 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 What if I told you that my favorite movie is Back to the Future? Oh, actually, I mean, I can As see As you can that. see the poster in my living room, yes. I mean, after seeing that movie, I mean, it gives people a fundamental question, right? What if What's that? you can go back to your own life and make change and make changes? Yeah. What do you want to do? How do you want to do? Yeah. Sure. And it's also intriguing the human wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I regret. I wish. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it also gives other great idea like, uh, oh, if we ever invented the back to the future. What would you do our with time prison, travel? Our, oh, Hindu Republic's prison is back to the future. So... Send people to the past? Uh, yes. We pick up the relevant like hardship, like um, yeah, sending some like uh, Egyptian time of a pyramid labor slave. Put or, them like, to uh, slavery? All kinds of, you know, like uh, the, the, uh, the sex crime person you can send to the Harlem in Arab world or the India or... Too yeah, racial. No. Sexist. No, too racial. Sexist people. Stop, too racial. <laughs> No, so all I'm saying is we don't need to waste the taxpayers' money by providing them space and time. Oh, I see. We can just send them to the future and let them go through hardship. I think you got this idea from the movie Looper, but sure. Oh, I didn't see the movie, so I don't know. But Okay, yeah, maybe yeah. they got it from I, I'm sure this idea is not original. Everybody has thinking about it, right? What else do you glean from about one person if they say their favorite movie is Back to the Future? I would say naive. You think I'm naive? You are naive. Go on. People can be smart and naive at the same time. 
Okay. I mean, I didn't ask you what part of Back to the Future you liked it. That's true. So let me ask you why. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Because uh, that movie has nothing much negative, right? It's like fair, fairness. It's a bad guy can properly punish it. Uh, it's formulaic. Yeah. It's formulaic. You know, the concept of time travel is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, they stretched it into three movies. Yeah. Two sequels after that wasn't as good as this one. I but never, never yeah. It's It's better than Fast and Furious. <laughs> Definitely. Go on. But still, Back to the Future doesn't have a deep philosophy inside. Does it have to? It doesn't have to, but it can be the favorite entertaining movie. But maybe the question should be, what was your most impactful, memorable movie? Touching movie, then I'm sure you are not going to say Back to the Future, right? No. See? Say Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then. You need then, to leave. It's about time you got to leave. <laughs> you got something to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So most impactful movie for you? I, I cannot put together together, but Cinema Paradiso was my oh. all time favorite. Very, oh, how sophisticated. No, <laughs> you a, cannot say What an intentional. <laughs> no, what? I I, de- I actually watched the cinema parties probably 20 times in my life. You cry. I'm not like crying, but my eyes was watery. Okay. But my eyes was watery, not because of the male and female love there, but between Toto and Alberto. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's because the, it, the, the Cinema Paradiso shows different type of love inside, right? The love toward the cinema, the love between young lovers, and the love between this parental type of love. Yes. And what you will do under the name of love, mm-hmm. destroy another love in order to protect his potential. That's what uh, Alberto did, yeah? Sounds realistic. That's what maybe parents will do, thinking what is the best for their children, but which cannot be actually true for the children itself, right? I mean, Alberto did it because he thought that it's better for Toto to leave Sicilia. And if he has that woman, I forgot her name, he wouldn't leave the Sicily. But because of it, out of Toto's lasting life was miserable. He becomes successful, but there was always a big empty hole. He mm. was never happy. Mm. So it's just uh, a bit tragedy. Okay, what's yeah. what's your okay? Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite uh, entertaining movie? Oh, Leon. Leon. Yeah. What's that? Uh, Leon is uh, you know Rick Beck Song directed the movie Zhang Leno as a hitman killer assassinator. Leon and, the professional. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And the Nicole Kidman as Matilda. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it touches the fundamental thing of revenge. I mean, in human life, revenge is one of the most intense feelings. Mm. Cinema Paradiso deals with love and Leon deals with this revenge. Very intense feeling. You, yes. You only deal with intense feelings. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, we are like human, right? But sure. but then, I, another my favorite movie is uh, Odyssey. The Odyssey? Yeah. yeah. What, what year uh, was yeah. that made? You know, the Stanley Kubrick's. Space Odyssey. Oh, Space Odyssey, 2001. Yes. Yeah. It's fascinating to talk about the AI. Mm. Yeah. And then, hey, guess what? It's exactly happening. We're heading that way. Yeah. 
It's true. Yeah. The foresight. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Space Odyssey conceptually was far more shocking than a Terminator. We're heading to Terminator way too in terms of autom- automation and robot and, and AI, everything, mm-hmm. and like Skynet, everything. The thing is, uh, Terminator was too much details and narration provided. It kind of interrupts humans' further imagination. Yeah. Whereas Space Odyssey was very simple. It leaves a lot of white spaces for the people to talk about more. Mm. You know, like the great dish is served in a big banzhe, yeah? Yes. A lot of kongjian. Same thing. The book or movie, whatever, the message cannot be too much detail. It should leave like 65, 35% of ratio, the emptiness, <laughs> so the people can make in different interpretation out of it. Yeah, so it's not yeah. constrained. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those three are oh, pretty much three of my all-time five. Yeah. <laughs> Do you consume anything that is brainless? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, a lot of this martial arts movie. Ah. Yeah. Oh, oh, when I was young, I was a big fan of Jet Li, Jack Chan. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, oh, nowadays, you know, this all. Uh, what is this Matrix, guys? Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu Reeves. John Wick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The reason I like the John Wick is revenge. You're revenge right. brings another revenge brings another revenge. Uh-huh. Yeah. But why the revenge started in John Wick 1? Why? It's because they killed the dog. And the dog was symbolizing his love toward his lost wife. Yeah. So killing the dog is killing his wife equivalent. Yes. It is. So love and revenge, love and revenge. And oh, the John Wick doesn't use any like this high-tech shit. It's all about using body and the simple thing like a knife and the pencil. Very rudimentary. That's the same reason I love, what is the movie, the Jason Bourne? Serious. So you really actually do like a lot of brainless stuff. Oh yeah, Jason Bourne yeah. and then John Wick. I like. You just like people killing people. Well, that seems to be the theme. Don't deny yeah, it. Yeah, Jason Bourne is probably is like do not use me as a tool, right? Human has a dignity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. If you if you use me for whatever reason, I'm I'm gonna make it right. <laughs> I'm gonna destroy the organizations or systems who's using human as a tool. I think you just like violence. It seems undeniable. Yeah, but in my cases, I intensely love as much as I love the violence. Everybody has an yin and yang balances. Mm. So who likes the action movie, they love the love movie and porno too. <laughs> What's your favorite porno category? Oh. <laughs> 101. Well, that's very vague. That's very vague. Oh, I'm I'm saying is I don't like the group sex. I don't like animal sex. I don't like lesbian or gay. I just like 101. Standard. Standard. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, and no SNM. Why? I I think the human life is a little cruel enough. You don't need to torture another human being like that. What if it makes them excited? But uh, it doesn't excite me. Oh, It doesn't excite me. Yeah. So just some nice one-on-one vanilla missionary. It doesn't have to be a missionary (laughs) pose. You can have like whatever, whatever Whatever one-on-one can do. Written in the old text, yeah? Yeah. In in Chinese old days, there is a book written about how to please the emperor. There's a sex textbook. What's it called? I should I should Google that. Oh, uh, I I only know Korean name Hwang Jaegyeong. It's like Hwang Jing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you tell people how we met? We met while we are learning bachata Latin class together, and then uh, I noticed his face, but. 
I didn't really engage with other people. So I was very happy that one day Pei walked toward me and say hello, my name is Pei, what's your name? And then uh, each time he made effort to have a chick-chat talk. And, and then it just goes a little bit, develop, develop. If I ask something, he will come back like two, then I'll tossing him like three, and then it will be like five, and then like multiplied. So classic example of building a good friendship. Yes. Yes. Why did you start dancing? Oh, uh, two reasons. I always love watching dancing, all kinds of dancing. And I have this fantasy that I wish I'm very good at dancing too. It came true? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Getting okay. there, but not yet. Because yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, my benchmark is too high, you know? <laughs> uh. But the second thing is the medical reason. All, all the research papers say that it's the best sport to prevent the dementia. And I happen to have both of my parents had or is having a dementia. Mm. So there is a fear for that. What other things are you doing to uh, mm-hmm. battle dementia besides partner dance? And do you think partner dance is actually, yeah. do you really feel, you you feel that it's effective now? Yes, yes. Yeah. Why, why is that? It, uh, it makes me concentrate and also it brings out some kind of hormone. Okay. Yeah, what? it's very content, happy hormone. It's like a very natural, safe drug. I think it's because you're being touched. It's oxytocin, right? Yeah, but if I have a bad dancing with bad partner, yeah. I don't feel good. I actually feel like shit. Oh. So it only happens, let's say if I dance like uh, three hours, and then two or three of them will be a great dancing because you will feel the synchronized frequency at one point. Yes. And that time is undescribable feeling of this euphoria. Yes. Yes. Then I can feel that the hormone is released and that hormone kind of lasts for like three hours. And then you go to sleep and wake up the next day and it's gone. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> it's like uh, still uh, more refreshed than without dancing life. Yeah. Oh, uh, Your question was whether dancing is, is helpful for dementia. And yes, I, I feel like uh, it is helpful. Yeah. Why? Oh, I already told you. It, 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 you need to be physically fit and then you need to react and processing your partner's mood because nothing is fixed as choreographed. And then there is a music. So you're, you, you need to react. That, that means like a, your RAM of your brain needs to run very fast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just focus. And then Presence. emotionally feeling good too when you are connected. Yeah. So mental, physical, emotional. Voila, the best. So what are the things that you do for battling dementia? Oh, learning foreign languages, one in every decade. Okay, so mm-hmm. you are X years old. Oh yeah, so I should pick up another languages. So I started Korean, and then English, and then Japanese, and then Chinese. I think I better pick up Spanish. Maybe Spanish. Maybe yeah, Spanish. because yeah. of my this Latin dance fever. That's right. Because, you know... You know, like, hey, when you dance and when you understand the lyrics, oh my God, the emotions are explosive. So when they play some Korean song in bachata, wow, my facial expression, body expression, totally different. Yeah, really? So if I, can you imagine if I understand and Espanol, you know? Okay. <laughs> what else? What else besides learning a new language every decade? Uh, constant, regular traveling. Because the people need scenery changes. What does that do for you? Uh, traveling triggers unfamiliarity. And it activates your alert system and senses. 
It can be part of like a defense system mixed with curiosity. It's like you are out of your own cave, right? So you need to survive. I think one of the reasons why people ask me why I have higher energy level is because I changed my living country from time to time. This is my fifth year. When you move to the new country, it's game over and start again. Sounds tiring. Sounds tiring, but it increases your survivor skill and it just effectively utilizing everything you have, like bring the dead cells or dead senses out of your body. You need to make friends again. Mm-hmm. You, you need to know the geography. Yeah, I think you have a point. Um, it's like I've talked to some friends about this. It's like... Because I'm single right now. And yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, you do a lot of stuff because you're single. And then when you're in a relationship, you don't do any of that stuff. It's like that part of your brain kind of dies. Dies or you don't have motivation to do it or you just are too lazy to do it. So then in the same way, when you're moving a place, you activate all these new skills and they're like at the forefront of your brain, right? Yeah. You're problem solving. You're stimulated. You're making new friends. You're figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. You're really just activating your brain, keeping yeah. your brain engaged. Hey, you just mentioned a very important things. In Hyunju's Republic, yes, the way we promote is I promote is if you are if you want to activate the full potential of Homo sapiens, yes, you need to be a single or you shouldn't have a child. Uh, go on, because <laughs> you said that once people marries, you can feel that some parts are like deactivated. Well, to be fair, other parts are activated. Yes, yes. There's an exchange. And then if they have a children, it's even worse. Cause, and they need it because they need these extra spaces to protect their children. Yes. So it's in a sense of compensating one's own development in order to support another human being. Yeah, there's a sacrifice. Yeah. So it may create the greater goods in the total society, but per person, it limits the potential of the person. I think if you look at it that way, then it actually limits both the individual and society as a whole, right? The society is not able to develop and move forward because like kind of there's a brain drain. It's not a brain drain. It's just directed towards nurturing and caring and protecting. True. But, you know, every animal or every species start, flourish, and extinct. Why we human sapiens wants to live forever? We should flourish and we should be extincted too. So it's more like a, you want to be like a cockroach and live forever or you want to be so fucking advanced, but you finish it. So Hundreds Republic has a the first end one. date. Well, it, it, it shortens up the human history, yes. It shortens up while increasing the potentials, yes. Yes. If somebody come at me and ask, do you want to live like insignificantly long life or significantly short life? I think I will choose the second one. What is the Hanju Republic perspective on love and partnering and marriage and such? Ah, marriage is the fallacy. So, Hindu Republic does not promote the marriage. But, (laughs) but if you want to marry, the government will provide the insurance. In a sense, okay, think about it. Why people want to marry? They want to be dominantly one-on-one relationship. Yeah, monogamy. At the very beginning, they mutually agreed that let's have a monogamy. That's marriage, yeah? Yes. So, you pay some premium to the government like an insurance system. 
as a return. If someone cheating during the marriage, by the way, the term of each marriage is five years and you can renew if you want it. Oh, I don't hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And within five years, if someone cheating, there will be a heavy penalty. Okay. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a threat protecting you from cheating. Yes. If you want to divorce, you also need to pay some penalty. Uh, I have some formulas I mean, if you want to know. Otherwise, like uh, free dating or whatever, whatever, it's none of government's business. Are people sterilized in Hanju Republic? Oh, no, 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 They're no. They're not. No, no. You can have uh, children, but you need to have a license. Because look at it, not every parent deserves to be parents, right? Yeah. So you need to go through some test, physical, educational, emotional test to fit as a parent. Then you can have a child. What about for the best and the brightest of Hanju Republic? That would almost seem, in oh, your view, those like... people, those people have a mandatory donation of their sperm and egg. Okay. So during their like a fully fertile period, a woman should donate at least three eggs. And then guys, yeah, more and more sperms. Yes. And if they want to use for their own children, oh yeah, you have a first right to use. But if you don't use it, it will be in the national bank. Okay. Yeah, good genes. Okay. Yeah. What about the sense that like if uh, you if you if the best and brightest are raising their children and not uh-huh. you know not prioritizing uh-huh. I don't know their research or development or things like that. Ah, uh, that is tricky. But in Hanju Republic, after the birth, you have an option. If you want to continue your professions, but you don't have time to raise your own children, government will take it from you. My God. And you just need to pay the nursing fee and education fee to the government. We'll take care of it. But if you want to raise your own children, you can do it. So if you're asking me, do they need to choose, then yes, they can choose and choose. I mean, if they bring the children to the government, that means they Choosing career, right? Yeah. If they keep their children, they will kind of compromise. Mm. And we respect that. Okay. Uh-huh. Government program will be very good. It's not going to be like the destroy the public system like that. So Our it's... education system, Hindu Republic's education system is as good as the Singaporean public education system. It's a very high tax rate. Oh. Has to be. We... We are not a high-tax country, but we have a very small government efficiently run, just like a Singapore government. They are highly paid, but minimum government. You know, the collecting a lot of tax is meaningless because if there is a lot of waste for spending, spending is far more important than collecting. How do you mean? So, for example, the small government is one thing. Reduced welfare is another thing. It's like, for example, like the biggest budget of any country will be like health insurance, right? Is it? Yeah. In theory, it should be. Yeah. Because each individual, until their deathbed, the biggest item is health, health Mm. cost. Mm. So at the nation level, it should be health too. And right now, the system is weird. I mean, the rate is based on your income, not based on your health level, lifestyle. Why is someone drinking, smoking, and eating the junk food paying the same rate of health insurance? And why some people who are having a healthy life and then high-paid income needs to pay more, which they may not even using it? Mm-hmm. 
the Hindu Republic is formula based. It's their lifestyle. They are making effort. You exercise or not? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's readjusted every five years. Can we back up for a second, and you can tell me how this how this Hanju、uh, Republic thing uh, started? Uh, Where did you start to come up with these things? How did you develop some of these ideas?、Uh, yeah. Why? Also, I, I realized a lot of inefficiency, injustice in our system. So, which system? Because you lived in a lot of places. The government system. In any place. Yeah, tax and education. In any place that you've lived. Yes. Okay. So I just thought about if I can have a control, I wouldn't design that way. I was always interested in policy making. Okay. Because the this is a society you need a governing law, which is the policy. Yeah.、Mm. But there are a lot of injustice and wasteful in the policies.、Mm-hmm. A lot of things I disagree. Okay. That's why I come up with Hindu Republic idea. Okay. And also the second thing is if we designed that way. I think that the human race's potential can be better, greater than right now. Yes. Of the places you lived, where、yeah. where do you think has the most human focused policies? Nothing very very perfect, but I think Singapore and Israel are most interesting. Why? Singapore. Small government and education focused, but they are very brutal in ranking the human based on the ability. I mean, I'm not fully agree because they are more like focused in academic ability without incorporating other abilities. But the way they think, the fundamental belief that not all human beings are equal is true. How does that manifest in Singapore? So, in elementary school, you will be ranked by academics, and then the junior middle school, you can. Go is determined, it. and even the junior middle school is you are ranked again. So every public school has a position in the ranking. Also,、oh, from when you're ten years old, it's very clear, like yes, how society social, feels about yeah, you. Your society ranking is pretty much、uh, pre predetermined. It yes. <laughs> sounds tough. It it sounds tough. Yeah, and they don't give the room for the people who will later bloom or activated. Right. So there is some flaw, but but so far it worked well. Because Singapore was the only country I visit every ten years, and still makes me wow. It's still developing and changing in positive ways. Yes. Yes. So their system works, but they're not gonna bring the most creative person on earth. They will be probably. Bringing the most efficient workers,、uh, the most efficient corporate banker, working level people. Yeah. What would happen to a creative there?、Uh, Someone who is not well measured by a test grade. They cannot live in Singapore.、Mm. They need to go to America. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I think America is brilliant to bring someone creative and the leader outside the box people. Yeah, there's just more opportunity there. Yes, and then America, you know, I think also the West just has different the values, different things. Yes, but if America has no natural resources and America didn't have that vast land, then American system wouldn't have worked. So you think it works because there are resources and there's room for this? Not not like absolutely that level. Then Argentina should be flourishing too, right? There are also natural resources、mm. and everything. Okay, so let's go. What What about Israel? Israel, the government incorporating science and technology, the best in my opinion. I mean, the country surrounded by enemies, so every individual cannot afford being lazy. Peoples. 
So at, at the end of 2019, I was I was living in Warsaw, Poland. Mm -hmm. I came to Asia because that's what I used to do. I used to spend summer in Europe and then kind of winter in Asia, right? Yeah. End of 2019, something happened, and then I couldn't go back uh -huh. uh, for years. And uh -huh. then I just stayed in Taiwan for the next uh -huh. three years uh -huh. until now. Uh -huh. So, but that was not really a choice that I made. But that was a big turning point. I don't consider the third one as your turning point. It wasn't intentional. It was not an intentional choice. I don't think it's a turning point. Why? It's just uh, the streams put you in that world. When I say the turning point is your participation is like 50% and then what you choose. Okay, it's an yeah. intentional choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, so, that was not. Yeah, that was not. There's also something to that where if this person has a lot of what they would consider turning points, yeah. just large changes in their lives, uh -huh. but they didn't participate uh -huh. in making the choice, that says something too, right? That's true. But unless they talk about what was it, opportunity, they didn't do anything. I wouldn't know, right? So I can only know about their revealed turning point. Okay, true. Yeah. Okay, what are the questions? A couple of digester moments oh, okay. of your life and how you overcame it. Okay. Yeah. What was the disastrous point in your life and how did you overcome it? <laughs> the digester is all relative, right? 19-year-old yeah. digester will be different from 35-year digester. And 50-year digester like that. Yeah. So I guess my first digester was between high school and the university. I failed to enter the university in Korea at the time. You can only apply one university and one chance. And then the competition mm. ratio is like, you name it, like five Crazy, right? versus one, whatever, 20 versus one like that. So it's like almost like a lottery game. So I failed. And that was the first failure of your life and then you need to prepare one more year. But at that time, there is no guarantee unless you significantly lower the level of the university you want to get in. A important thing is, it's the fear. You need to do it again and there is no guarantee. That's the biggest fear of the 19-year-old person at that time to me. I could have studied the same thing because I was in like science and technology field, but I just couldn't do it the same thing over again. So how did you overcome that period? So I changed it to the liberal art. So the, so the things I need to study is different. So fresh idea. And then instead of being in girls class, I was able to switch myself into co-ed class. So it has a bit of excitement. You know, the hormone is running. Yes. So Somehow it was digester, but the one year at prep school, I had the best of my time, you know, learning every new things. Boys. And then the boys are everywhere. Yeah. It was like, I actually enjoyed that time. Oh my God. And the outcome was great. So the, you got into the university I, that you wanted. I got into the university I like. And yes. you uh, became a woman that year. Yes. Well, not, yes. <laughs> and there is another like uh, yeah let me hear one more disaster time is during the financial years I was laid off and I found another job and I was laid off again how close together within a year too laid off 2008 2008 sure, you know yeah. everybody about 50% of people in my industry was losing jobs yeah disaster how'd you get over it at first I was very angry and then 
I feel like uh, I invested enough, long enough to fix my position somehow, and it's kind of too late to change what I'm doing for job. So I had uh, this dilemma, but I also kind of hated my job at the time—the long hour, imbalanced lifestyle. How did you get over it? I decided to took it in the long term. So I was already like 38 years old. So I thought that maybe it is a time. To pause and review my midlife. Oh, you had an early midlife crisis. I, it was. Yeah. Because I, I, I kind of lost. Because I was single. Job was my identity, uh, and I lost my job twice a year. Yeah. And my confidence level down. There is no guarantee that I will get a job again. And I hated what I was doing. That was the biggest problem. So I gave myself a time, not like six months time, like a long time. So, but I need an identity. So I became a full-time student again. Hmm. Yeah, and okay. two years of full-time student, and I started to meet a lot of people who looks interesting, or asking people who is the interesting people around you, right? And just meet the people to know about the what's out there more, because. I felt like my universe was getting too small by the time of like a 38 years old, and I wanted to expand again. Hmm. And I also had a session with university psychology psychologist over a year, so it was very good. And then I also want to give myself whether I want to marry or not. So I hired a matchmaker, hmm. and then she brought many many candidates. <laughs> so it, it was really good. And I review marriage is for me or not. At the end of the day, I knew that it was not for me. Okay. After meeting 20 plus people, if none of them you like it, uh, that means I feel like I, I don't not, need a marriage, right? Yeah, it might not be there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then meeting a lot of different people, so I get some idea. Mm -hmm. And then having a session over a year with psychologist was the most beneficial to me. Understand myself. Where's my anger and other things coming from? Daddy. Daddy issue, yeah. Always. It's always daddy. <laughs> I mean, I know you pretty well at this point, but even if I didn't know you well, that would yeah. still be my answer. <laughs> that would still so, be my guess. So by the time the three years is over, I was very refreshed. And then I knew what I want and what I like. You know, pay once. Human beings know what they want. 90% of problems are solved. Hmm. Then it's just a matter of time you get it. Okay. But if we don't know what we want, it's a limbo. True. There is no way. True. It's just wasting time. Hmm. So my post digester in the past turned out very nicely. <laughs> I think that's my best ability. What's that? Resilience? Using the disappointing, challenging time as an opportunity, yeah? Oh, you're yeah. hired. You're hired. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Pay pals. So, Pay, what was your most two digestorous moments in your life and how you cope with it? I can, okay, so I think there's one that changed me the most, and I think it changed me a lot. Yeah. And I think it turned me from someone that was not very mature Mm -hmm. Or empathetic, uh -huh. or just self-aware, to be honest, uh, into thing into those three, you know, more of those three things at least, uh -huh. and that was uh, the failure of my my you know that relationship with that Hungarian girl. Interesting. Is Go it? On. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think I just had to do a lot of self-reflection after that. Uh -huh. uh, I was with her for quite a while, and then the way we broke up was all the specifics are not important, but. It just forced me to understand that I had more responsibility that I wanted to admit. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then so uh you know actually my my big turnaround also uh, involved a lot of therapy just like you. Oh. Seems to help. But it, the the one of the big points was when my therapist told me that like you know uh-huh. as much as you think that she was the villain for doing these things, she thinks the exact same thing about you. Mm-hmm. I was like holy shit. Oh that's true. Mm-hmm. And like kind of just an immature way of thinking about things, especially mm-hmm. a relationship, right? Yeah. Of course it's not possible for one person to to cause like yeah. such things. So, uh as soon as she told me that, which was that like, yeah, she thinks about you in the exact same way and neither of you are wrong. I was I like, see. "Oh shit." Yeah. So then at that point I was like, "Oh, I just can't really defend it anymore." So then after you, after the defenses go down, then you can kind of admit that, then only then can you start like changing and like facing it and like understanding it. It fits well with why you like the back to the future. As I told you before, oh my you are god. Romanticist, I have so much you depth. are naive. <laughs> you are naive and romanticist and therefore you can write. What does that have to do with it? That's why you are not in the corporate law firm. Don't you see it? No, connect the dots. Turning point, one of the turning point was relationship. Yes. You follow your love. Yes. And then one of the disastrous moment was breaking up, right? The same thing, two faces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been gone through relationships, but I wouldn't pick them as turning point or actually one of them I would pick up as turning point, uh-huh. but not the disastrous moment because relationship does not take the number one priority in my life. Whereas it sounds like it is very important priority oh, for I you. See. Oh, I see. That's why you are romantic and naive. Oh, I see. Yeah. Therefore, you can be a writer. Mm. And that's why you are doing writing. It's all connected. Mm. Yeah. And that's why you love dancing too. Why? Lo- dancing is expression of your love. Mm. It's it's the it's the most primitive behavior of human being in order to woo the opposite sex they danced. I think sex is the most primitive behavior. No, no, before sex, you need to woo them first. Yes. That's why people danced in order to woo and seduce mm. and like select me process. Sure, look at the birds. Yeah. 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 You feel like you understand me better now? Yeah. So what is another disastrous moment and you Honestly, cope I with? can't think of one right now. Wow. You had a very lucky life so far. That's why I'm naive. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Look, I grew up in a you you know where I grew up, right? Yeah, you you the, you you are lucky. The Asian bubble of Cupertino, you know. Yeah, you know. Uh, there was good family. Yeah, good family. There were so many. There were so many Taiwanese people around me that I never questioned why I never had an English name. Oh, is that right? Yeah, sure, oh. right. Because I oh. see all my friends, and I see all my friends' parents. Yeah. They're like all speaking Chinese to me. I just don't think oh. about it. Very unique because my childhood experience was already a class. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know whether I told you, my father was a mining engineer. Mm, okay. And I was born in the tungsten mining town. Okay. And the tungsten is uh is the material you used. Making in weapons, and then Korea at the time was number one exporting country in the world to the Western world. During Cold War, tungsten, uh, like Russia and China, tungsten was not provided to the Western world. Okay, so it was number one was Korea. Okay, and during the 1960s, uh, 30% of Korean GDP was from the mining export, okay. which was majority was tungsten. So my father was tungsten engineer. I was 
bone in the tungsten. Tungsten, tungsten royalty, huh? But think about it. I raised with a bunch of kids of miners. And in that town, there is a class, mining engineer and miners. They live in a different world. But you were on top, right? Yeah, but I think, I don't know about uh, living in Cupertino, whether you see the vivid class divisions. No. Yeah, but in, in, in my childhood, it was very, because those mining engineers are, a lot of them have PhD, mm. and there are a lot of them speaking multiple languages because they used to live abroad. Mm. And then you go to school and you see 97% of your classmates are miners' children where they have a food problem and often, you know, they have a lice in their hair. Mm. And the hygiene condition is dramatically different and you you feel like very confused why it has to be so different at your early age and then you realize that wow education is very important you know but i mean yeah. that was my images when i was little i think I, ha i have to be studied very well that's a very compelling yeah. image yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise i yeah. can be like that yeah i just grew up in a bubble mm. yeah so you're naive you can be robotist I was very realistic. And and I also remember in my childhood that that was the 1970s, the oil shock time. So oh. there was a shortages of material. Right. I have to line up to get the sugar and the flour. Oh, Korea, huh? Yeah. And then I at that time, I, I, I knew that, wow, first, there can be a shortages of food. And second, just because you have money doesn't mean you can buy it. Okay, I have a follow-up yeah. related to Hanju Republic. Yeah. How do you make sure children don't turn out like me, which is to say sheltered and naive? How do you expose them to reality? How do you train them to think in this way? That school will assign individual goals and then reward a little bit punishing based on their accomplishments of their goal. And the goal will be set, not assigned goal, it will be mutually discussed and agreed goal. Okay. Sevi? Sure. The best thing I heard was that for parents to, even uh, if parents have a lot of money, uh -huh. to never give the kids when they're young their own room, to make them share. And it's not just really about sharing. Yeah. Yeah, that's another lesson in itself, but it's like... Make sure they're always overcoming something. Yes. Right. Don't just give it to them. Don't make it so their life is, is so like stressful. True. You know, when I was growing up, the biggest this objection was I I always need to share the room with my sister. Yes. Whereas my brother has his own room because I'm a woman sharing with sister. That was objection. Yeah. And the second thing is I rarely get any new clothes. Hence. I always inherit from my brother and sister. Brother and sister? <laughs> yes. Okay. And I even inherit the underwear of my brother. <sighs> and my mother, I asked my mother why. And then she said, it's perfectly functioning. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, like I have this like a gender issue and then gender neutrality at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's to make yourself whole. From yeah. your, your childhood self whole for the for the benefit there is gender uh, prejudice and for the liability there is gender neutrality. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have five minutes left. Yes. If it's your last five minutes of your life, what would you do? Contact the people that are important to me and tell them that they are important to me and goodbye. See you later. I see. Yes. That used to be my answer too. But nowadays, it's different. 
I'll probably meditate over five minutes and then sending my love by the frequency to the people. But I will more like a contemplating my next life for the next four minutes. <laughs> this is like a really like so what is the difference? random question. What is the difference though? What is the difference for you between before and now? Because I realized that life is too short. So even the love is the attachment in short-term life. The fact that you had a good memory and being loved, that's enough. No need to like overthinking and overeating out of it. Hmm. It's just all let go. Oh, I have another answer. Yeah. Maybe I would uh, tell someone where to find my will. (laughs) And then give them some oh, passwords oh, or sorry, something. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is the end of the world. The end of the world? Yes, You didn't yes. say that. You said I'm Sorry, dying. sorry. This is the end of the world. Oh, then I might just hang out. <laughs> I don't know. If everyone else is dying, then what's yeah. to preserve? Yeah, okay. That's a different answer. Okay, okay. okay. Let me ask you one question that, um, I mean, you know, I, I do these events, these deep questions and deep conversation events, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is one that I like asking. Mm-hmm. and. I want to ask you, which is, what does success look like for you right now? Past success was successful. Career. I mean, like uh, the goals I set up in the past was achieved successfully. But at this moment, I need to set a new goal and I'm struggling to setting up a new goal. So in that sense, I'm having failure now. Temporary. Uh, I hope it's temporary. I hope it's temporary, yes. What are the options? It's the temptation of hedonistic lifestyle. You? Yes. It's uh, just compromise and then just Havana, Havana, yeah? Enjoy every day. The temptation. What's wrong with that? The ratio, you know? Ah, okay. If it's like 100% of my remaining life, I think we have a problem. I think that's a problem, Yes. If it's like 30 to 35%, I think it's okay. Okay. But I need to find the other 65%, which... So what are the options? I don't have options now. Oh, okay. That's why... That's an issue. I have an issue, yes. But up until now, I, I, I am like proud of what I did. And even if I go back to my life, there is nothing much I can change. Right. Like I, all I'm saying is I did my best. And you accomplished what you set out to do. Yes. I don't have to be the best, best, best of the world, but I set the realistic goal, a little bit stretched realistic goal. That's the best. And then I achieved it. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's the human condition. Yes. You Maybe reach something I and achieve. you reach for more. Yeah. Unreachable star, you know. Yeah. Unbearable fall. What about fitness model? I don't a fitness model. Oh, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is still in the list. That's still in play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But that one is uh, it's not like 65%, but that, that oh, one is... that's y- true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not a constant thing to do, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that should be like a 20, 20% fitness model. Yeah, okay. Senior fitness model. Oh, sure, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Disclaimer. Oh, but nowadays I'm uh, worrying about I'm losing muscle, so... Oh. <laughs> I need to work on it. I fit in a small there without the muscle. It can happen in Asia. Ah, So I need more clothing covering up then. No, you need less. I tell you all the time I see you, you need less covering. I need to build up more muscles. All right, fine, fine. What was the previous goal that you feel that you reached? The academic goal and then the career goal, Mm. financial goals, Mm -hmm. and the physical goals. Mm. Those four goals. All reached? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And then, and then the relationship goes, but relationship in a sense of the meaningful friends. Yes. Yes. That's what success looks like for me now. I don't feel that I've reached that. I pay. Hey, you are young. <laughs> I'm much older than you are, so I have this like super close, tight friend I can relate to. You don't need that many. If you have like three, that's enough in your life. Mm. Yeah. Wise words. I I have like two point five. What was point five? Because the two is uh is given, it's fixed. Oh. But zero point five means I still need to nourish. If I don't, if I stop nourishing, it will go away. I see. Yeah. Does the hundred republic have a motto? Yes. Maximizing human potential. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> and then the not the motto, but some pep talk is life is about. In spite of, not because, because of. of. Oh, any parting words for you as we near the end of this weird, wide-ranging interview? Love yourself just like your mother loves you. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, pals.